Welcome to another edition of the Savvy Citizen Podcast. I'm Joshua Braswell. In this episode, host Elizabeth McGee will be sitting down with Gaston County's Angie Torres, Juan Garcia, and Diana Wilman to discuss National Hispanic Heritage Month, the upcoming Walk and Roll Together event, and the debate over the term Latin X. All right, welcome everyone. We are here this week to talk about Hispanic Heritage Month uh, with Angie Torres, the Employee Engagement Coordinator, Juan Garcia, the Senior Transportation Planner and Data Analyst, and Deanna Wilman, who is the Latinx Outreach Coordinator for Health Department? That's right. Okay, good, I remembered it. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, first let's get started with talking about what Hispanic Heritage Month is and what we're doing to celebrate it here in the county. The Hispanic Heritage Month is a celebration of our culture, um, our heritage, and is um, the accumulation of um, around five countries have the same um, independence uh, during this time. So it's September 15 to October 15. So five of the Latino countries are included, independence are included during this time. So that's why they decided to do this Heritage Month. And what we're doing to celebrate, we have um, a couple of events. Uh, the health department is organizing in company with um, Telemundo, WOW, the police, and Latinos Aventureros, a walk. And it's called Caminemos y Rodemos Juntos, Gaston, which is walk and roll um, together, Gaston. And it's going to be Saturday, seven, uh, 17, September 17, at 10 o'clock in the morning. And it's going to be in the pavilion downtown Gastonia. Um, it is, we're going to have food trucks, music, children activities, raffles, and information about the resources in the county. Um, we find out that it, um, the community need um, a get-together and they need to know what Gaston County has to offer. So we decided to do this event. Mm-hmm. And the second event that we organize and it's called Somos Dia Dia. It's an art exhibit, and which means we are day to day, who we are day to day. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do is um, the health department bilingual crew um, create a, um, took pictures of a um, normal people doing their work, normal Latino people doing their work. So um, we're going to exhibit in September in the health department. And um, in, uh, starting in October, we're going to exhibit in the Gaston County Museum. Oh, fantastic. Mm-hmm. So you're, we're doing Caminamos Juntos. Wait, okay, I'm going to say it. Caminamos <laughs> y, y Roleamos Juntos. Okay, so this is, this is an event. And is anyone able to come to this event? Do you have to sign up or anything or you just show up? So everybody just please show up. And it's <laughs> going to be a walk, and I don't know if I say this, but it's going to be a walk um, in downtown Gastonia. It's, uh, How far? Uh, like 5K? It's just a mile. Walk. A mile. Oh, and I can do that. Yeah, <laughs> right? It's easy. <laughs> and that's what we wanted. We wanted for uh, everybody to be included. Uh-huh. Um, and we organize it with disability rights, too. So Oh, that's, that's why it's called walk and roll yes, together. that's very okay. close to the walk and roll. I got it. That's very cool. All right, Juan and Andy, how are y'all celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month? Well, I probably end up going to this event because it sounds pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, we're going to participate in uh, both of them. Correct. Okay, and actually, Angie is going to be exhibited in the art exhibit as a one of our Latino. Oh, you should folks. have said something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to want. I don't want to 
You gotta toot your own horn, <laughs> yeah, Angie. Exactly. Come on. Yeah, so I'll be. She took a picture of me and d- at my desk, you know, Aww. doing my desk thing. So I'll be there. That's awesome. So as we're talking about Hispanic Heritage Month, um, let's take a moment to just share all three of you. What does it mean to you to be Hispanic? And I know we've had a little bit of discussion internally in the county about the difference between Latino, Latina, Latinx, and some of the terminology. So what terminology do you prefer and and what does it mean to you? Well, definitely uh, we follow what the uh, federal government does, especially with the Census Bureau and with the two different terms, which is uh, Hispanic or Latino. And the Latino comes with the Latin American, Latino Americano. The short version of it is Latino. And Latino even though ends in an O, and, and people believe that because the word ends in an O, most of the time it's masculine or a masculine gender. But it's masculine gender word. It doesn't mean that it's for masculine people. Mm. The same for an A, if, if a word ends in an A. But there's so many different, um, uh, uh, I guess, um, different words that, that are masculine and ends in an A. Like, for example, dia, which is they, dia ends in an A. But uh, the definite article, el, is preceded by el, mm-hmm. uh, el dia. L is, is what it gives the, the noun, the, the gender. Now, Hispanic refers, or Latino refers to the origin mm-hmm. of the person, where they're coming from. So it's nothing to do with binary or non-binary uh, people. Mm-hmm. So when it came to la- the, the word Latinx back in the mid-2000s, uh, people started using it that as a referring for a more inclusive term for a lot of different uh, groups. However, it's ta- it was taken in a different context in the last few years. And as a result, they, they did a couple surveys last year, one from the Pew Research Center and one from uh, another company uh, from Florida. The first one uh, resulted that only 3% of the Latinos or Hispanics in the U.S. Uh, were called themselves lat- Latinx mm-hmm. or Latinx, as referring in Spanish. Uh, now, the second survey show that only 2% of the uh, sur- uh, people that took the survey um, resulted in Latinx. And about 71% were prefer the term Hispanic or Latino mm-hmm. or Latina. So uh, it's a lot of confusion. The word is not living, it's not uh, disappearing. I think it's taking a lot of momentum, especially from uh, populations that are between 15 and 25. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is because uh, they don't know the terminology or the syntax or the grammar of the Spanish language. Oh, interesting. So that's b- basically what the confusion is. So uh, we prefer as an official communications at this point until the uh, Latinx or Latino X or Latin X comes from the uh, federal government. Um, now, there was an association called LULAC, um, and they adopted the Latinx expression or term but then last year, back in November or December last year, they actually took it, that term away mm. because not a lot of the Hispanics or Latinos were um, using the Latinx or there are so many people that didn't know what Latinx or Latinx was. So for this moment, I think uh, as part of this discussion, we have more uh, meetings in regards to what we use in Latinx or not. There are some people still using that Latinx uh, um, Diana is one an example. Her title is Latinx coordinator for the health department, so they're still using that term. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, as a suggestion, uh, based on the data, based on what other communities are doing, 
based on what of the biggest networks, Spanish television networks in the U.S., are dropping the Latinx on their official communications. So uh, we're still debating if we're using the Latinx or not. My suggestion is to still using the Hispanic or Latino uh, on official communication until the uh, federal government includes the Latinx in their uh, surveys. We, we're probably going to come, and I know Diana and, and myself, we disagree in this, uh-huh. because the Latinx comes more for, uh, it was adopted more into the non-binary groups a mm-hmm. couple of years ago, and that's, so most of the people are not um, taking this as part of more inclusive. Mm-hmm. Now people are thinking, oh, Latinx is no inclusive, it's just going to a, a just on one particular group. So my opinion is uh, uh, the problem here is that we're looking for a world that includes all of us. Mm-hmm. We're talking about ca- almost 60 million people, and there is no a right word. It's an one word that will include all of us because yeah. we're talking about culture, ethnicity. We're talking about different countries, almost 22 countries that speak Spanish. Yeah. Um, so it's a hard point to be. My position and the health department position is that we start to be, we want to be inclusive. We want to embrace the change of the evolving language and that it is uh, accepting the word Latinx because we want to be, welcome everybody. Right. Um, and, and that's, if we look into history, the three words are being created by the culture in the United States. Mm-hmm. If we go to our countries, it's, it's, we start to embrace words, too, mm-hmm. these words. But um, in the United States, the Hispanics was created to count all of the people that was coming and speaking Spanish. Mm-hmm. But then that relationship with Spain, it wasn't... Uh, we didn't like that relationship with Spain because we, don't, we didn't feel European enough right. to have that language. And then came Latino. Uh, but like Juan says, come from the Latino America um, countries, but that includes Brazil, which is speak Portuguese, no Spanish. Right. And then excludes the Spain people. Mm-hmm. So well. it is a huge uh, concept and it's a huge um, thing that we're looking into. It, but again, there is no another word. But what we decide to use is the Latinx word, which is more inclusive to the people that are here. And, and we well, are aware the, the, of the, the fact the that, you know... The thing, Diana, and, and we have to look it into a more uh, structural part of the world because the Hispanic was uh, becoming more from the... His, his, well, it comes from Hispanicus, which is a Latin word from the Iberian Peninsula in Spain. In Latino, more from the Latin American countries that comes from Mexico all the way to Argentina. And, and it didn't include some other countries like Suriname or Dutch Guyana or, or French Guyana from South America, including uh, the um, Brazil, which is Portuguese. However, there are so many different dialects in these Spanish countries that don't include their origin. So Hispanic or Latino doesn't um, take people away, actually, Mm-hmm. embraces more inclusion because Latino Americano, Latino Americana or Hispanic is is the place of origin. Right. So somebody who speaks Spanish doesn't mean that it's excluding anybody. When the word Latinx is now taken out of different contexts, and the beginning was to bring a lot of people together, part of very very inclusive, but now it's taking a different direction 
and people are thinking, well, Latinx is just for certain groups, not for all of us. Mm -hmm. So if you ask me where you're from, well, I'm, I'm better to be called Colombian American right. That's right. than Hispanic, Latino, or Latinx. Mm -hmm. The problem with the U.S. is that they're trying to put people from the Spanish-speaking countries in a certain box. Mm -hmm. And we are not a race. We're right. an ethnic group with different races. That's what the Census Bureau and the decennial census include the origin mm -hmm. in the question. If you're Hispanic, what is your origin? Mm -hmm. Or what is your race? And you can put Colombia, Venezuela, Argentina. Mm -hmm. Now, from people that were born in the U.S., that's where the concept of Latinx is more mm -hmm. appealing. Right. Because they were not coming from different countries that were born in the U.S., but they're not, the identity is what? Basically, as an American person, mm -hmm. but with Hispanic background. And, and one of the biggest examples that I have is my two kids. Mm -hmm. um, their, their mother is Mexican descent, and his dad is from Colombia. So what are they? Are they either from Mexico or Colombia? No, they're Americans with different descent. They're different parents are from two different countries. So we have to be very careful for putting the Spanish-speaking population in the country to put it in one box. Right. And I think that is what the Latinx was intended to do years ago. Mm -hmm. But now it's taking a different direction where some non-binary groups, they want to adopt that as a more inclusive term for, for all the Hispanic or Latino right. community. One of the examples that I do, and is the profile picture of, of uh, Diana in Zoom calls that is beautiful, it's a, it's a Colombian flag. Mm -hmm. So she's embracing that Colombian background. Mm -hmm. And so I, you cannot tell the, somebody's Latinx sim simple just because you are from a, a, a one specific group. If you want to be inclusive, you have to bring all non-binary and binary groups into one term which is no Latinx. Mm -hmm. Until we find that a specific term, we, we're probably going to start, you know, well, you're from a Hispanic country or Latin American country. The word right now, official from the federal government, is Hispanic or Latino. Mm -hmm. And the Latino is the neutral word for males and females, if that is the case. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm, try I'm thinking of, like, what if we described every American as, like, English speakers. Well, that doesn't fit because not every American speaks English and it doesn't fit because, I don't know, it's so vague in general. How can you fit everyone into that box? It just doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. So right, similarly, right. it doesn't really make sense that you're going to, you know, take a whole group of people who the only thing you have in common really is your language, a common language with varying dialects, um, but a bunch of different nationalities, different ethnicities. Mm -hmm. So that's obviously a challenge to come up with, you know, a descriptor that lumps all of these people together on one census checks checkbox. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that I, that I want to include in this is, uh -huh. uh, like, now they're appearing in other terms to um, kind of put people together. Like, for example, there are the, the, the groups of Chicanos or Chicanas. Uh-huh. Uh, and now they're chicken, and then they put an X after mm -hmm. because they want to include some of that particular group mm -hmm. uh, include the non-binary groups. Mm -hmm. and, and so that's one of the things that sometimes the people don't realize that people
because you put a, a, an X, now you fit all. That's not the truth. There's another one, Filipinos now, the Philippine X. That's another group that is right. showing up. And just because there's non-binary groups mm-hmm. want to be part of one, especially they want to include, which the Hispanic and Latino, again, doesn't exclude anybody. That's mm-hmm. more like the region where you're coming from if, uh, if or the Spanish origin. Mm-hmm. Nothing to do with binary or, or non-binary groups. Right. That is so true. The truth is that we need to identify ourselves to be counted for resources. Yes. And that's the, the, the problem again, because mm-hmm. we're trying to look for that single war again mm-hmm. that will include us, that will pr- uh, protect us and give us resources for better health, better uh, education, better jobs. So uh, I think it's going to be a continuing conversation that it should be accepted in both ways and the three ways that we have. Uh-huh. And it's like trying to understand, hey, we're going to be united no matter how they call us. Right. We need to be united because we need to be calm. There yeah. is another group that, 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 that wants to include Latin E. Yeah. Or Latin, Latine. Or Latine. Latine. That is another one. Oh, okay, if Latinx is just from certain groups, let's go and call everybody Latine or Latine. Well, and the thing and with that, that is, is that is another that is another thing that, that we need to the do. The thing with that it is the the Latinx the the word the letter X. Mm-hmm. It is a hard letter for the Latino community. So they start to include the word the the letter yeah, hard, like difficult e. to. Pronounce. Oh, okay. It is no that it doesn't roll off the tongue, exactly. I guess. Right, exactly. <laughs> and it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, we don't use it that right. much. It doesn't follow the grammatical rules exactly. of the Spanish language. So that's why the, uh, many people came out with the uh, the letter e at that the end, mm-hmm. which include the same group. That makes sense. And, and one of the things is, is these letters and these terms are coming just in the U.S. I don't right. think mm-hmm. the uh, the uh, the uh, dictionary or the Real Academy of Spanish Dictionary doesn't include Latinx. Mm-hmm. Now, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary in the U.S. adopted the Latinx as a word, mm-hmm. but doesn't mean that it is also accepted by other countries. Right. And again, one, of the one of the things is, and, and I'm sorry, Diana, but I think that we got to be very careful to put everyone in one, like you said, in one specific mm-hmm. box. If, uh, but again, this discussion is still continues, and mm-hmm. I think the word is not disappearing. Mm-hmm. But we got to be very careful to not exclude uh, the entire population just because of one word. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 goal here for all of us is to be united, mm-hmm. and that's the main thing. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the diversity of the Hispanic experiences. We've got mm-hmm. three folks around the table right now. Would you? Uh, would you like to share a little bit about your background and your culture? Well, I guess I'll start. Um, okay. <laughs> so I was born in Ecuador, in South America, in Guayaquil specifically. Um, I lived there with my parents. My whole family is there. Uh, then we immigrated to the United States. We immigrated to Miami when I was two years old. We lived there for a while. Um, my dad got a job there, so things are great. And then um, when I was seven, we decided to move to North Carolina. So we've been here ever since, I think. My parents became citizens, U.S. citizens, when I was about 11 or 12, I want to say. So, yeah, that's me. Thanks for sharing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, about me, I was born in Colombia, uh-huh. uh, South America, of course. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you won't believe how many people are still asking, is that South, South Carolina? South Carolina? <laughs> <laughs> Go Gamecocks. <laughs> right. Um, in a, the third Biggest city in the country is called Cali, and um, I'm one of four kids. 
my brother, the oldest, came to United States first, and then I came later when I was 19 years old, and now I'm here. <laughs> Glad you're here. Thank you. Thanks for sharing. My name is boring. <laughs> boring? No. <laughs> no I love guy. learning about you, Juan. Here we go. No, no I, was, I, was, <laughs> I came over here with my family back in the late 80s, early 90s, from another city in Colombia called Medellin. And as you probably already know, the back in the day was a very chaotic situation with the city, uh, drug cartels and all that. So we decided just to leave the city, and we ended up in New York City. We live in New York, New York. we live in, in New Jersey for a few months, and then a few years, actually. And then I decided to help somebody to uh, move to North Carolina. And as soon as I arrived in North Carolina, I fell in love with this place, uh, the, the mountains, and then... Yeah, everything, the green, and uh, it was uh, back in the mid-90s when I moved to, uh, to the, actually, I ended up in Bessemer City, believe it or not, the first time I, I lived here. In Bessemer City? Yeah, yeah. Well, it is beautiful there. Oh, it is <laughs> amazing, and, and it's probably one of the fastest-growing communities in Gaston County right now. Mm -hmm. uh, then I moved to Mount Holly and uh, ended up with uh, Gaston County, uh, working for Gaston County in night. September 1997, so it's going to be about 25 years now mm -hmm. uh, working for the county. And um, I moved with, with my mom and my brothers, brothers and sister. Uh, they're now uh, professionals. They live all over the world now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, one, I know for part of your job, you spend a lot of time analyzing census data and tracking population change in Gaston County. So can you give us a little bit of context of how our demographics have changed as a county in terms of the Hispanic population? Sure, absolutely. I think uh, it, this is probably the fastest growing communities in Gaston County mm -hmm. with the Asian community as well. Mm -hmm. In 2010, we have about 12,000 Hispanics or Latinos in Gaston County. Right now, we probably... Um, over 20,000, if I'm not mistaken, and this is based on the American Community Survey. Uh, there's about, you know, about 9%, 10 of growth in the last 10 years, 8% as referred the census, 2020 census. But uh, more people are coming. Definitely uh, the construction business have brought a lot of uh, Latinos or Hispanics into Gaston County. Um, now, there's other... Um, I guess things why the people prefer this area, and I think is is the um, the way of living. I think the uh, uh, the people fell in love with with uh, the amenities that we have in Gaston County. Mm -hmm. But we have people from the north, uh, people from uh, the south, people from the west moving in, and from uh, Hispanic or Latino descent. Mm -hmm. Now that's called natural migration or uh, national migration. We have seen also uh, seen some. Um, rising in, in population from uh, international countries that are coming in from different things. And now uh, we have um, the population in um, the um, young population is growing as well. Mm -hmm. That first and second generation Hispanics are uh, very prominent in Gaston County. And Angie and Deanna both, what do, do these demographic change mean for you and your jobs? It's yeah. nice seeing more Latinos in North Carolina, for sure. I uh -huh. went to the Bad Bunny concert in March, and I was like, whoa, the entire Hispanic community is here <laughs> in one place. Nice. But it's, uh, I remember growing up, I was usually like one of the only Hispanic kids in class. Um, 
and that to me I just got used to it I was just you know it was normal for me to be the only Hispanic kid in my class um, and as I've gotten older and when I went to college uh, it was nice to see so many other people I finally met other Ecuadorians because <laughs> I'm usually the only one uh, and it, they were in my sorority because I joined a sorority while I was in college and there were actually three other Ecuadorians which is I was like what score recruiting us specifically <laughs> but yeah no it's it's been nice to see uh, other Hispanic and Latinos coming into North Carolina specifically other Ecuadorians because we share the most in common yeah um but yeah no it's it's been nice to see other people that look like me nice and I love that you say that because it's all about representation mm -hmm. it's like who do you who do you think you you represent mm -hmm. and we've seen that now everywhere and um job work and in the health department specifically we've seen an increase of the latino latinx community coming in to the health department to look for the services uh -huh. so that definitely it is uplifting and and it is um good to know that we're looking for the resources that we have here to offer mm -hmm. so with my job as a latinx outreach coordinator it is specifically that let the community know that we are here and we have services for them right and so what does that involve? Is it it's targeted outreach, uh, but also I imagine there's sometimes a language barrier. So what kind of efforts are you doing to, towards that end? So when I got the pos this position a year and a half ago, um, we realized through COVID the, uh, the Latino community is being marginalized. And, well, we know this forever, but... <laughs> Marginalized in what way? Uh, like, we don't have the enough resources in the community that are targeting specifically to the Latino community. By uh -huh. that, saying that uh, there is representation in the Latino community uh -huh. or in the people who are serve the community, or there is um, no um, the equity in the services. So, so making now, sure that, that Hispanic folks are receiving the same services at the same rate as other demographic groups. Is that and what we're talking about? Not only the same, but equity. Equ yeah, equity. Uh, yeah, the yes. same rate. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, um, and, and they're, they're the target for them. They're right. the culture appropriate for them, too. Right. So that, that's been my job in there. So what that entitles, it is, yeah, having the paperwork translated and all of that, but mm -hmm. it's actually fighting for what we, um, we uh, showing what we understand about the community. Uh -huh. So understanding that um, if we're Latino, we do different things uh -huh. and doing it that way for them so they can feel represented in there. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And the way we're doing it is um, when I came into the position again, uh, I created a group that is called the Bilingual Group of the Health Department. And what we do is that we get together and we talk about our services and what it needs to be improved. Mm -hmm. But then we realize, okay, this is the internal part, how we do the external part. So we create the Latinx Health Advisory Council. Mm -hmm. So this council, it is made out of uh, key people in the community. Um, they work together to facilitate the best services for all of the Latinx community. Mm -hmm. I think in the context of public health, that just makes so much sense because we talk a lot about the social determinants of health. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this is something that the federal government, state government, everyone's on board with this th these days, that health is more than just 
the vaccinations you get and which doctor you see. It's more holistic than that. And it makes sense that you, of course, have to take culture and background and, you know, just the way people live their lives, you have to take that into account. Right, right. Th- and that's the whole point. It's just to try to understand that, for example, like Angie, Equatorians do something different than the Colombians do and how we're going to offer that same service in a, in a way that both cultures will understand. It. Because, yeah. yeah, we're 22 countries here, but that don't mean that we speak speak Spanish but we have different words mm-hmm. so it's looking for that specific thing or oh, we have different and uh, um, culture different traditions in each country so it's trying to uh, provide the right services for the people that's fantastic mm-hmm. um, Andy so you're in HR can you talk a little bit about what human resources is doing as far as recruitment for the Hispanic community Well, uh, we're making sure that we're going into various different communities to make sure that we're reaching all of our different uh, populations. So um, not just for the Latin community, um, we also go to HBCUs to make sure that we're hitting those career fairs, um, hitting up uh, different communities of, you know, Latino communities, making sure that we put up um, any sort of advertisement there as well so that people know that, you know, we're hiring. We want you here. We (laughs) want you to come here. Um, But that is more sort of the strategic effort that we're taking on as part of our strategic plan within HR is to make sure that we're not sticking to um, our the avenues that we used to before, that we're reaching out to specific targeted communities to make sure that they are aware of uh, the jobs that we do offer and the variety of benefits um, that we have here at Gaston County. Because the goal is that the county workforce should be somewhat representative, if not as, as closely as possible should represent the community that we serve. Absolutely. In terms of demographic, in terms of income, in terms of all these different variables. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's what we want. <laughs> yes. So also talking about diversity of Hispanic experiences, there's also the conversation of discrimination. And I wonder if you've ever felt like you were treated differently, like if someone finds out that, oh, you actually do speak Spanish or, I don't know, have you ever had an experience where you thought, oh, I'm being treated differently or asked to do something just because of my background? Right, so um, I feel like at work sometimes and in other places as well, all people realize that I speak Spanish and they sort of lumped me in with like oh well then you can be the perfect translator for this or they'll call me and they'll be like hey I have someone who is Spanish speaking let me connect you real quick and I'm like uh, okay and then I get a tax question and yeah. I'm like I don't work in tax I oh, don't no. know <laughs> I don't know and then they leave me hanging and I'm like I could tell you things about HR because I work in HR right um and maybe a bunch of other random topics but I if you're asking me about tax questions or like finance questions or any sort of things that aren't in my specialty, uh, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things that is happening to all of the bilinguals, like Angie mentioned, all of the bilingual people, like Angie mentioned, it is that we get pulled so much for extra work. Right. We have to do our work, but then we are the Spanish speakers, which means, oh, you can translate anywhere and everything that is happening around mm-hmm. that is not even related to your job. Mm-hmm. So to, to give you a ex- perfect example, nurses are pulling, being pulling out of their nurse job to just go and 
interpret or translate for somebody. But that's not their job. Their job is to be a nurse. Mm -hmm. And if they can use their their skill set of speaking the language with the person, the, the client that they're talking to, that's perfect. But we get pulled, and I think we all have the same experience, that we... Um, our, title, our titles become interpreter. Mm-hmm. So let's say, um, example, have, do you have this flyer? I would love to promote your event. Do you have the flyer in Spanish? Oh, no, we send it to you so you can interpret it. Wait, mm-hmm. I'm going to promote it, not to translate it. But that's what we've been in, uh, encountered all mm-hmm. the time, that we get pulled for that. And it, it, you become just the interpreter, not the senior transportation person, you, you just wear another hat, which mm-hmm. we're not upset to do it because, right. hey, we have this awesome skill. Mm-hmm. But in the same time, it, it, what we have to do, it is, mm-hmm. it is outs- this thing is outside of our job. So funny, it's, it's so funny that you say that because 20 plus years ago, there was nobody else who speak the language <laughs> besides <Yeah>. me. <laughs> so I want to thank Diana and G4. <laughs> Being here now, Sharing helping to interpret it and sometimes translate documents for the county, yeah. regardless of what they do, because that helps a lot. Mm-hmm. And and like Deanna said, most of the times we do it because we want to help the community. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. probably don't know about the subject, mm-hmm. like uh, mm-hmm. Angie says, but we try, try to help this community. Because sometimes um, that's our nature. That's part yeah. of what we do, yeah. and that's part of our how we grew up. It's the public service ethos for anyone who works in government. So, you know, I was I was hired many years ago as a tax mapper and trying to help the mapping department to put property lines on a map. And mm-hmm. I, I started with doing that by hand. And then computers were able to do this, and that's why GIS came into place. Mm-hmm. And But I was able to help people at the DSS office or people at the health department in the tax office mm-hmm. or in the uh, EMS. So that I was kind of thinking, well, maybe I can bring people to learn some words in the Spanish. So uh, I, I taught Spanish, I guess, in college for 16 years. And mm-hmm. I write a couple books in different subjects and, you know, how to approach the Hispanic or Latino community. Uh, and um, one of the things that the people were eager to learn the culture more than words. Mm-hmm. And, and that was the whole thing a few years ago. But now it's becoming more prominent, and I'm so glad the county is able to hire more people to speak another language, mm-hmm. uh, because that's helping to uh, to help some some of the community and, and kind of easy some of the problems that they can face. However, definitely it needs improvement, like any anything else. But I think it's going into the right direction. I think we're very lucky to be able to work in, in the government office, and and, and maybe bring more of this community and to kind of educate this community how Gaston County is. And what for, for the government it has given me that chance to educate the community and what Gaston County is. Mm-hmm. And we learn every day things are changing, like the Latinx word is changing too. And, um, you know, some people were still calling Hispanic or Latinos. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, finally, I think uh, now they know that a Mexican is not just a somebody who speaks Spanish. Right. And that for many, many years... I was called, people were calling me out, you're the Mexican who works in Gaston County. Oh. No, no, I, I've never been in Mexico, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. I would love to go to Mexico. But <laughs> the thing is, is just that the, the finally people are realizing, I think new generations are looking into more inclusive mm-hmm. um, 
in more open to other communities, not just the Latino community or Hispanic community, but also with the Asian community. Mm-hmm. And we're, uh, there are more uh, people from different countries in Asia that are coming or people of that descent mm-hmm. that are coming to Gaston County. And to add to that is, uh, like, I don't know how many tables I belong to anymore right. mm-hmm. because they're looking for that representation. They're looking to understand how uh, w- they can help the community, how the community can help the community, the Latinx yeah. community. So th- it is a, an exciting change because we've been included. And not only by that representation, but they listen to how we function, they listen to our culture, to what we need to offer. Mm-hmm. And the new administration is open to do that as well. Yeah. I think since uh, we have uh, different changes, I think, you know, just in the health department, but in, in the human resources office, I think we've seen those changes. And then it's mm-hmm. going to, I think, in my opinion, after working with Gaston County for so many years, it's going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And the but t- it's the always more to do. Right? <laughs> to touch on uh, th- something that Juan said about the uh, the feeling of just wanting to help. I think that that's sort of the dichotomy that I feel about, um, and also to what Diana uh, Diana said that uh, you know you're getting pulled away from your job in these situations of translating. But also like I think back to my parents and I think back to the times that they needed help and they needed somebody to translate. And like I just want to be that person that they needed. Where like you can tell, you can by looking at me, you're just you're seeing. Oh, I'm a brown person that looks Hispanic. I should speak Spanish, and I should want to help. And I don't ever want to turn anybody away in a situation where they're asking questions they're in need. They need somebody who speaks Spanish. So that part of me is like, I really, really want to be this person for you, and I want to translate and I want to help. And the other side of me is saying, this isn't part of your job, and. Why are they constantly turning to you when you have no uh, expertise in that field mm-hmm. to be able to help? So it's it's I feel like I'm fighting those two sides. And of to me. include that too is the fight of let's bring people that are expert in that subject exactly to help yeah. even more because exactly. yes we want to help but we're not the experts on that mm-hmm. subject. Mm-hmm. So let's bring people that look like us exactly, but they they have that s- skill mm-hmm. said and that s- that knowledge. That there is many of us that mm-hmm. have that knowledge, but we just utilizing what we have in here versus bringing more people to the table. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, at the end of the day, you don't want to be tokenized. You don't want to be, you know, reduced to just the skill that you have. And it, you want to be treated fairly and equitably, the same as all your coworkers mm-hmm. who don't have your skill. <laughs> right. But again, to bring, uh, it, it's always that I need to help, but how I help bigger in my, right. in my head is mm-hmm. how I can help a better way. It is to help to bring people that has that job. Right. right. What is the real solution is mm-hmm. to yeah. bring people who are Spanish speaking into these various departments. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Who speak English too. Who speak English too. Of course. Bilingual. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And there are many. There are many. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and we college degrees and everything. Mm-hmm. Just want to throw that in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much for sharing. I know that can be a difficult thing to talk about, but I think it means a lot to for people to just hear these different experiences and just understand where people are coming from. Yeah, thank you. So thank much. you. Well, thank for you giving us the yeah the place to talk about it. Thank you for that mm-hmm. opportunity. I think it's important for the listeners to understand that, that we're here. Mm-hmm like anybody else, just to bring this community into a, a, a better place. Mm-hmm. And by incorporating diversity, I think, is it makes the county a much better place. Mm-hmm. All right. Any other thoughts before we wrap up? 
I just want to invite the community to the event, the Caminemos y Rodemos Juntos Gaston event. It's going to be great for the community, and we really hope uh, the community be represented in there. And another event that is going to be a week after Diana's event will be the Wild Supermarket Second Latin American Festival, uh, one of the largest festivals over here in Gaston County. It's the second year, and uh, we invite everybody to come. It's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of food, uh, music, and uh, it's a lot of uh, good different activities for the kids as well. It's going to be from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Uh, September the 24th at the Wild Supermarket uh, parking lot. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us.